I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What's up? Welcome to a new week, a new episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm excited to be here with you this week. Hell, I'm excited to be with you every week. Uh, And this week will be fun as I get to welcome to the show Kurt Steinhorst. Uh, Kurt has been a longtime friend. He is a keynote speaker, uh, a speaker trainer. Uh, He's done a lot of work since his time at Texas A&M University where he was elected class president of his 10,000 member class uh, and has spent his time since graduation as a speaking coach, speech writer for some of the most well-established top influential performers uh, in the world, including TED Talkers, NFL Hall of Famers, Olympic gold medalists, and even a Heisman Trophy champion. So Kurt brings to the discussion today this idea of focus and how do we remain focused and productive in a distracted world. Kurt grew up with ADD and is someone that myself grew up with ADHD, finding all that, ener- all that energy and finding a way to channel it and be focused and be productive uh, when there's so many things that can distract us in the day-to-day world and it feels like just being on our phones it's getting even more and more distracting. And so we have a great detailed conversation about different ways that you can remain focused during a distraction-filled day, distraction-filled world, and and what barriers and and things you can implement put into place to help you be at your best to advance toward those goals that you've set. So without further ado, let me welcome to the show this week, Kurt Steinhorst. Before we dive into focus, productivity, just being locked in, why don't we get locked in by you sharing with the guests who you are, where you're from. I know you're proud of fighting Texas Aggie, but what else do we need to know? I am. that You probably hit the high points right there. <laughs> I, uh, my background is actually in the study of rhetoric and communication, and I jumped out of school and was first an agent at a large speakers bureau and then really got a chance to fulfill my real passion, which was helping people that had a big platform uh, learn how to focus their message, how to deliver that message well so that it had the chance for the impact that it can have. And so I did that for several years. I still help people in that realm. But the other part of my story is that I have ADD. Like I have like diagnosed, not just everyone has ADD. I actually have it. <laughs> and and never took medication as a kid. Everything was fine until I started my business. And then with all of the things coming at me, it became a total mess. And so that started me on this journey towards asking the question, what is it about today's world that makes it so hard to focus on the right thing? And so that was several years ago. And it started as a completely personal study because either I had to figure out what I was going to do better, or I had to go live home at home with my parents. <laughs> Those were really the only two options. And little did I know it would become the thing that really defined uh, so much about my work and my passion and, and every part of my life. Now, what was that? I saw in one of your emails the other day, so I'm, I'm absolutely going to ask, that defining experience moment that pivoted you on this new path? Well, the first defining moment was I early on in my business had some really cool opportunities to coach people that I, you know, I just would have never imagined. And 
I look up and realize that I'm, I'm doing the job that I feel most designed to do. I'm doing it with people that have unique influence. And I get an email from a Hall of Famer who happened to be the hero for my grandfather, <laughs> no asking pressure. me for the third time uh, why he hadn't gotten his speech that I was working on. And really nice, by the way. Even I have the email, even the tone of it was nicer than I deserved. And so that was really the start for me of I got to figure this out. So that was the shift personally. The professional shift was, frankly, when someone who happened to be a business leader, a CEO, I was speaking for this particular conference. And in our personal time talking off the record, I was talking to him about my personal issues with distraction and the study that I've been doing, the, the research I've been doing to try to figure it out. And he said, I want you to talk to my employees about that. And I said, I, I, you want me to talk about Adderall? <laughs> and, and that was, I guess that was, gosh, that was six years ago. And so I, I put together a talk and you know, for me, putting together a talk means a ton of time and a ton of effort and a ton of work. And it was just this small, small uh, snowball that started to roll downhill. Awesome. And, and so obviously the, the more we go by, the more we want to be on our phones. There's more yep. opportunities for distraction. There's more time you're going to spend in social media and just getting sucked down the Facebook feed rabbit hole. For you personally, how, how did the course of that just research and exploring building this speech start to change not only your professional life and the productivity you had there, but from a personal standpoint? Great question. The, I think one of the things that makes me a little different in my perspective on this is that I'm a big believer that, in fact, a mentor of mine years ago told me, if you don't live it, don't give it. And there's a lot of, you can find the speaker who will tell you they focus all day long. They always do one thing at a time. They just are never distracted. And, and that's just simple. First, I've never met them when, like, I've never actually seen someone really do that. And so uh, for me, we have some boundaries that we set for my family. And I am a Nazi when it comes to the early parts of my day being blocked out from any types of distraction. But it's, it's a balancing act. It's recognizing that as someone with ADD, I need stimulation. And so a lot of the work that uh, I should be able to do by doing one thing at a time, because people say multitasking is a myth, which is actually a uh, drastic simplification of a complex idea. Uh, a lot of those things are going to be done best for me with some other type of noise in the background. But there are a few things, and I just need to know what those few things are that if I am not fully focused on them will dramatically suffer and impact every part of my life and business. And so, you know, that can be writing the book, that can be at home, my kids right when I walk in the door. There's a few moments that I set aside as sacred. That's really the way I live. So uh, being so protective of your mornings and blocking that time out, what does a typical morning look like for you? I wish I could say every single morning looked the same. That's actually how we're designed to live in routine. Our brain works best in that. But because of my travel schedule, that can look a little bit different. But uh, the short and simple is I have two 40-minute sessions a day that I call my focus vault. 
uh, the equivalent of a gym. You know, my grandfather never had to go to a gym because he just worked. <laughs> but I have to go to a gym if I don't want to be, you know, 50 pounds overweight and unable to chase my kids around. Uh, this is the same for me. I, I have an app called Freedom that turns off the internet. I eliminate all of the tabs. So I have one screen and I start by prioritizing what's important. I make sure I have a, a space for a journaling routine that I do. And then I dive into whatever is the single most important work that I have to do. And I do two 40-minute sessions a day with a 30-minute break in between to be able to indulge whatever exciting thing came across Facebook or Instagram. How, how do you handle when that routine is shaken up on, say, Saturday, Sunday? I don't do it on Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> period. Do you, do you have anything specific that you do during those days, or is it just a complete uncharge, unplug from work? focus. Yeah. Well, before we had kids, I worked a whole lot more, <laughs> uh, but it, with my travel schedule and the fact that I, uh, I value that as one of the areas of my life that deserves my full attention. Uh, we don't have official policies on never being on our phones. Uh, people, you know, sure. What you should do is you should turn off your phone and never o open it, never turn it back on during the weekend. We don't do that. There's too many variables like funny things that our kids did that we want to take photos and videos of that no one else cares about, but we think they do. So we post it. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically we just make a, we make a concerted effort to be present and to not have our phones defining our time with our families. So meals in particular, we put away our phones. Typically one of us, anytime we go out, will not bring their phone because no one wants to be the only person on their phone. That's a big policy for us. And then I just work particularly on Sundays to, uh, to avoid the, the endless, um, like never ending rabbit hole of checking from one thing to the other. So I just put my phone away and kind of keep it more distant. But other than that, we don't have particular policies. So the other thing we, a lot of people listening probably travel with work similar to yourself and, and are constantly on the go. When you're traveling, you're going to new places, new cities, you're seeing things. It's really easy to lose focus sometimes in those areas of what you need to be getting done or things that you've left specifically to do. So for me, when I, when I fly, I like to write when I'm on the plane because I can block out a lot of distractions if I don't have wireless, things like that. But there's a lot of times I'll just get on the plane. It'll have been just a mess getting through the airport and I'm I got to just check out for a little bit, take a nap, do something on that. How do you, when you travel so much for speaking, maintain that focus on those priorities? So I'm going to back up. It's a okay. really good question. But I think one of the challenges that people have with focus and distraction is that they don't recognize a couple factors. And the first factor is that we're not made to focus. Like our brains want to be distracted. And so it's time for us to take our foot off our throat and not feel so terrible that at times we're going to get distracted. It, there's even things about it that are really good for us to operate in just an ability to uh, not feel guilty and know that it, you're going to be distracted. So that's the first thing. I don't feel guilty if I, if I find myself um, redirected towards something that ultimately might not be my best at that particular moment. I don't feel guilty. I feel guilty when I allow that to define my experience with work and life. Now, how do I make decisions about focus when I'm on road trips and things like that? I, one of the things that I learned through the process of research is that there's actually four factors that shape our ability to focus. And one of those is our energy. And so I make sure that I am uh, 
reserving the tasks that demand my full attention, which also means I don't want to do them. <laughs> I'm reserving those for the moments where I actually have the most energy. And typically our brain runs on glucose. That means earlier in the day. And so if it's the end of the day and I'm on a flight after I've had a miserable travel schedule, the first thing I'm going to do is turn on a comedy in the background and then reply to emails. And you know, the truth is I'm doing neither one perfectly because I'm flipping back and forth. I'm not actually focused, but I'm doing better than if I did nothing. So I actually leverage multitasking at the moments I'm exhausted. And then I commit to the moments that I actually have full energy. So one of the things we do with my travel is we work really hard not to have the, the uh, transitions in travel be during the early parts of the day, not because I hate waking up early, but because, you know, there's this in-between period where like I have pretty limited ability to focus. And if I'm driving to the airport and then walking through security and then doing that, I'm going to lose a lot of it. So I save that for later. That's really the, the main thing. How, how did you train yourself not to feel guilty during those periods? Because I imagine that's something that a lot of people listening can't relate to because right now they do feel guilty if they don't get something done. Yeah. Well, two layers. Some people need to feel guilty because <laughs> a lot of people aren't working. And in fact, a lot of people think they're working, but they're really, they've exchanged overworked when really all they are is overwhelmed. And so... Um, I should just say, people aren't working. <laughs> a lot of people aren't working. Uh, but there's this, other, there's this other natural consequence of the volume coming at us. And the natural consequence is that we lose the ability to differentiate importance. Everything feels important uh, when we have everything coming at us. Um, two, we actually, over time, we lose the energy to invest in any individual project when we have so much volume. So we invested in the in-between or in the paralysis. So the way that I make myself not feel guilty is that I am a relentless prioritizer, and uh, which means I have a very small number of tasks that will define whether my day was successful. Then I have a bunch of tasks that I need to get done eventually, but if I don't get to them that day, my mental game says that can be done later. Uh, and then I actually, my favorite part is I, if you look at my to-do list, I have things that I call my dirt list. I have diamonds, which are the three, two, two to four things I do. I have dollars, which I combine and I, I normally would want to do those first, but I do them later. And then my dirt list is a list of things that someone told me I need to do that is not going to happen today. And so that's how I don't feel guilty is I step back and I make sure at the beginning of the day I have a list of what I actually needed to get done. I get that done and then I recognize that just speeding up the treadmill isn't actually moving me forward. I love that. I, I love having that priority list, that dollars, and then obviously the dirt that is there that somebody else may think you need to get done, but we necessarily don't and it doesn't advance us toward that goal or the most important task. All right, so all of this has led you into writing a book that's about to come out. Uh, let's talk about that. So tell me about the book, the title, what can people expect, and, and when's it out? Yeah. Thanks, Jake. The book's called Can I Have Your Attention? And uh, the subtitle is Inspiring Better Work Habits, Focusing Your Team, and Getting Stuff Done in the Constantly Connected Workplace. The truth is nobody needs to be told they're distracted. So the first part of the book briefly outlines that. But one of the things that I found in the literature when I started looking into it is there's a lot of diagnosis and a lot of description that we are distracted. And some of us need to hear that. The busiest hours on Facebook are 1 to 3 p.m. You know, 60% of 
retail purchases online occur during working hours. Like this, in fact, some estimates have people wasting their workday as much as six hours in interruptions. So yeah, we are distracted. But uh, what, what the rest of the book is aiming to do is actually provide a real framework for thinking about how can we live realistically in a, given, in a world where people demand instant availability how can we retake control of this val uh, massively valuable resource that is our attention? And so the way the book unfolds is it starts by helping us understand the science of focus, the limitations, the factors that shape it, um, why sometimes the best thing to do is to multitask. And then from then on, it moves into this reminder that focus and work is not an individual sport, it's a team sport. And a lot of times things like uh, communication are actually the, the, the driver of distraction. And so we talk about how do we rethink space? How do we rethink literally the environment that we occupy to facilitate focused work? How do we rethink our communication uh, with teams? How do we think about the, the, the decisions we're making with technology? And how do we set up our work day? So it covers basically every sphere of work to say what are ways that we can practically and realistically attack this challenge of distraction so that we can actually focus on what matters when it matters. What made you decide to write a book? Why, I mean, there's multiple avenues and ways you could have gotten this message out, and I know you share it through a lot of keynotes. Why did you decide to write? I'm a, I'm a fool. That's why. <laughs> How long was the process of writing the book? <laughs> well, the, it, it, it was a long marathon. The, the first embers of the discussion and the first writing was three and a half years ago, four years ago. About a year and a half ago is when it hit a fever pitch. And honestly, the way it started was a literary agent reached out to me and said, given the types of work that you're doing, both in coaching, consulting, and then speaking in the types of audiences, uh, the message is clearly uh, something that is a felt need. And I think that a book would be a great route for you to go about doing that. And I resisted it because it's a beating. It's really hard. It's the worst thing ever. I, uh, it's also not a great financial decision. <laughs> it's, you know, everyone thinks Contrary they're going to be, popular yeah, belief. yeah. Everyone thinks they're going to be Stephen Covey. It, it really is a labor of love or it's a bad book. Those are the two options. And so, uh, what ended up happening though, that I didn't expect was that it forced, um, and crystallized my thinking on some of these issues because I, what, was clear on one level, it, it, the book exposes, you know, writing exposes, you know, one thing is, it's one thing to have an article, but when you have to lay out a full um, set of ideas. So it ended up being really helpful. It also was really helpful for me because we made a commitment to not providing anything that didn't have, you know, I don't have a big business background. I've been in small consultancies and uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. And so, hundreds of interviews with people that are mid-level managers, with CEOs. And so things that I thought made sense in, uh, in a small business didn't make as much sense in a large organization. And it, so it, it ended up being a really amazing process. Uh, you know, I just didn't sleep for a year. <laughs> so for anyone listening, when does the book come out? October 9th. Okay. Amazon, everywhere. Yeah. All retail stores. Uh, there are a lot of small local retailers that would love for that to be the source. But of course, most things, um, most books are bought on Amazon and it will be available on Amazon. And I would love to 
you know, if you're interested in it, would love to get your feedback on it after you have a chance to read it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone listening, let's mark the date for that as well as if you do read it. Authors especially, they need those Amazon reviews and, and people to comment on what you think about it because it helps other people discover sure. it. Kurt, for anyone listening, they're interested in the book. We still have, you know, later this week that that book is going to be released. What is something, just one thing someone can do to help improve their focus this week? If they've got a goal, something they're working toward and they're struggling to really capture their focus, what's one thing that they can implement into their daily activity? Number one strategy that I, for anyone that has the ability is to create a focus vault. And all that is, is it's a particular place at a particular time that you block out all incoming of access. Because the problem with today, or the good news of today is you have access to the entire world in your pocket. The bad news is that world has access to you. And so literally turning off all push, turning off all notifications, turning off everything just for a short period of time so that you can prioritize and that you can knock out whatever one thing demands your full attention that day. So start by saying, what is that thing? And then dive into it. I do it 40 minutes. The, there's some great methods of different links. 25 minutes is a, the Pomodoro technique that some people uh, really ascribe to. But if you can find a place and a time, we are creatures of habit, our environment shapes what we're supposed to do because for most of history, where we were determined what we did and who we were at that moment. Now we're everything everywhere. So we wanna reestablish place because that will actually facilitate over time the habit of focus, which is what we're trying to move towards. Awesome, man. And so how can people follow you, connect with you, start learning more about what you're talking about for business owners and leaders that are listening that may wanna get in touch with you? Where's the best place online to get connected? The best place is to go to the website for our, the organization, which is FocusWise, so www.focuswise.com. My name, I am on all the social media. I'm not the best follow. <laughs> um, but FocusWise.com is a great resource. We have a, uh, we have an, a, a weekly Your Weekend Focus, just a short, um, deep dive into particular strategies that people can use to continue to build their capacity to focus. And that to me is the most valuable tool and you can sign up there. But again, reach out to me, LinkedIn, Twitter, available on all channels, but I would go to the website. Awesome. And then tell us again when that book is due out. October 9th. October 9th. Kurt, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jake. That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. I, I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just the, all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast. We love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, we want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.